Hey you, what's happening at work? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you frustration or depleting your wellness at work? Talk to me and with me. This is Joyce Odinison, your host with the What's Happening at Work show, where we create solutions to work, live, and play well. Join me now for next episode. Hello, everyone. Joyce Odinison here. And today we have a guest. Our guest today is Doug Bass. Doug is the owner and president of Your Style Financial. He has been a financial service industry uh, in the industry since 1987. He has specialized in the design and implementation of benefits programs, as well as assisting business owners and their employees and families in their personal financial tax and estate planning needs. Doug is a friendly, energetic, and professional speaker with a unique style that will ensure everyone has an opportunity to achieve their dreams, especially their financial dreams. Doug, I want to welcome you to our show today. Thank you, Joyce. I appreciate being here. My pleasure. So, Doug, I've known you as a financial planner and educator. I love that about you. There's such an emphasis on your work in in educating people uh, about financial well-being. Share with me a little bit about your story. How did you get into doing this work? Uh, kind of funny, actually. Um, my father owned a construction company, and I worked for him all through junior high and high school. And so uh, the year after high school, I decided to work full time. And I think he gave me the most difficult jobs to do uh, because I was freezing my hands and my feet working outside in the winter. And so that was a bit of a wake up call for me to now say, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? So deciding that I wanted to now be a business owner versus the employee working outside, I decided to go back to university. Uh, So I went to University of Manitoba, did my Bachelor of Commerce Honors, focused on finance and marketing. And at University of Manitoba, they have a thing called the Business Banquet, where companies will buy a table. They'll have four employees at the table and four students. Well, in third year university, I got sat at TD Bank's table. Fourth year university, I got sat at London Life's table. I ended up getting job offers from both of them. So I went to my dad and said, Dad, what do I do? I now have some job offers. The whole intention of me going to school was to learn business to come take over your business. And he said, Doug, you know what? You don't feel obligated to come work with me right now in in the business. And at that time, construction was fairly cutthroat too. So he said, "Uh, you know what? Go try it. If you don't like it, you can always come back and work with me. So I felt very blessed that way that he gave me the opportunity to do this. So I looked at it. Did I want to be a bank teller or did I want to go into the insurance route? What they were talking about at London Life sounded exciting, dealing with business owners and doing benefits and pensions and individual insurance and planning work. Um, So I jumped in with London Life. So I started in 1987. Uh, Now, unfortunately, London didn't tell me that they were going to um, be transferring all of us from Winnipeg to Toronto. So I ended up getting placed in uh, Brampton, Ontario, which was a great city. Uh, learned a ton about time management being in Ontario. But I only ended up staying with London for about a year and a half. I asked to transfer back to Winnipeg because my wife and I are both from here. We wanted to raise a family here. So I ended up quitting London, joined a brokerage firm in Winnipeg called Rice Financial Group. So I was at Rice Financial Group for 18 years. I actually headed up their insurance and benefit areas. 
Uh, my title when I left the firm was executive vice president. And then I opened up my own firm, Your Style Financial, in 2005. Wow, that's a great synopsis <laughs> and quite the story. And I can see yep. you just that go-getter, your personality, such high energy. And here you are today, uh, many, many years later, continuing to educate your community on financial well-being. So, Doug, what is one thing, if you could say, that, that keeps you motivated and passionate about doing this work? I love helping people. Um, and my process is the same, whether a person has $5 or $5 million, it's the exact same process for me. And, and I love seeing people make these little changes in their life that impact them so significantly for the future. Um, and that's where, you know, I, that gives me my greatest joy. That was partly why when I left Rice and went back into personal practice is, is that I was tired of being the the, the guy training new advisors. I wanted to now deal with my clients. And so today I'm very blessed. I have four generations of clients, uh, 1,200 families, just over 1,200 families now we're looking after. So it's, yeah, it's very exciting. Very good. So here we are. And uh, as we, we look at what's going on in our world, we are facing COVID-19. And uh, yes, it has caused some financial crunches in the world. And many people are nervous about what's happening financially. And I thought, you know, as an educator, what are some key things that my audience could learn from you? Because no matter where you work or no matter what you do, you do need to develop your financial well-being and security. So what would you, what are some key points you would like to share with the audience that they could be thinking of? I would really want everybody to take this time, this opportunity is really how I see it, uh, because it is a wake-up call. Everybody, no matter what industry, no matter what age, everyone has been affected by COVID-19 financially, right? People have been laid off, uh, offices are closed, businesses are closed. So people are having a hard time making ends meet. And as a planner, we've always talked about people having three months savings of what their expenses are going to be so that if something was to happen to them, they'd be okay. This wake-up call is now forcing them to realize they didn't have that saved. They weren't ready for that. And now the fact that this could go on into the fall, you know, this could be six months of time frame where people don't have cash flow coming in to pay their living expenses. So I want people to use this opportunity as a wake-up call to really look at what's coming in the door and where is their money going and the best way to do that is look back over the last three months and where have they spent their money so go back for january february march right we're just starting april now so it's a perfect time to look back and say what did we spend was it a fixed expense was it a variable expense is it something that we really needed was it a want was it a need where did it fit mm. So if I were to go back, and as you're saying that, and I'm reflecting, and I, mm -hmm. you know, as a business owner <laughs> and a property owner, and I am looking back and I'm thinking, okay, hmm, what did I spend? Was it fixed? Once I do that, what is the next step? And, and that's kind of what I want my audience to be doing. You're probably, you know, some people are listening. They're working from home right now, as you said. They, their life has been upset. Some people have been laid off and they don't have an income coming in. Thankfully, 
many governments in the first world uh, are offering some some financial support, but it's nothing compared to what people get on a regular salary. It's it's just enough to float, you know, to to do the basics, or um, not even in some cases. So what are what once I do that, what's yeah. the next step? The, the, the goal that always results from because anybody that comes to see me, I get them to do the cash flow. I call it a cash flow analysis. But it basically allows them to see where they spent the money. How, how many times were they going out to Tim Hortons for coffee? How many times were they buying lunch out? How many times did they go out for dinner? How many times did they buy groceries and ate at home? And now that people have been forced to quarantine and stay at home, the amount of food that they've prepared at home and it's forced them to now learn and, and cook for themselves and spend time with their family and see how enjoyable that can be that they can slow down and be able to enjoy a meal with one another because they're not rushed to go on to the next thing anymore. So that's part of the opportunity that I'm seeing as well as people are learning more about how much time they wasted before running from here to there. But to go back to your question as far as what do they want to look for, they can now decide on what piece was important as an expense. You know, when they look at how much they're spending on food, how much they're spending on clothing, you know, hair care products right now, people aren't able to go get their hair done, you know, haircuts, uh, having their nails done, all that type of stuff. I know in our household, we're saving money because my wife isn't able to go and do that. So it's, <laughs> so there is some saving selfishly that is happening there too. But it's, it, it is really giving people the opportunity to just step back for a second and look at where did the money go? And if I have no money coming in, what can we do? And so my wife and I took this time, we went to our freezer and took everything out of the freezer and made now a list. Because we are now putting together lists of what our meal options are and then what day are we going to have those particular meals. We've done the same thing in the cupboards. You know, as a planner, I, I'm kind of loving this because I love planning and so forcing us to now go to the cupboard to say, what do we have? What things do we really need? What, right, what are the nice to have? What are the really necessary to have? That we can now, when we make our grocery list, because we're only going to the grocery store once every two weeks, what is going to be on our list that when we go to the grocery store, we're only buying what we need. There's no more of this response of, oh, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy that. No. Here's what we need to fulfill the cupboard because we've made a list of what our menu is going to be at home. That is helping the budget and cash flow as well. That is such a wise thing to do. I, I, that just makes me chuckle because that's something we've had to learn to do. My family have had to learn to do, um, you know, over a decade ago when I moved out from home, when I stopped working from home and, and had an office, uh, I had to cook all our meals on Sundays. So yep. we were forced yep. to grocery shop for that for that week's meal. And and it's become you such a habit. I don't even think about it anymore. Yep. It's just part of our pattern. And you're right, because you end up buying the things you need to cook yep. for that week instead of just buying all this stuff and put in there. And and it's funny because my husband and I are very different in personality. He's the one who he likes to buy like we're going to have a farm in and and he buys yep. everything bulk and he buys and uh and i'm like okay and today i he's going to he's going to the store like yeah because 
who wants to go to the store? You have to line up outside for an hour now. So when you go, you go a lot, you go, you'll be more strategic with your shopping. And he's like, oh yeah, you, you haven't given me the list of, of the menu yet on what we're cooking. So I can go grocery shopping. So funny. And, buddy. It, and it is working because I've, I've shared this with a number of clients who were concerned and it was more that they had so much fear and anxiety going on in their life. I said, here's one thing you can control. Mm-hmm. Make the list. Go through the freezer. Go through the cupboards. Make the list. Now plan out your meals. Make the list. Great. Right? Here's what we're going to have as a menu. Then they went online and they ordered because a number of the grocery stores now allow you to order online. Mm-hmm. And then you can go to the grocery store for pickup because in this particular couple, they live out of town. It totally eliminated her fear and anxiety mm-hmm. because now she felt in control. She now knew what they were getting, picking up their groceries from the grocery store. And their meals were planned and everything. And she's like, Doug, we feel okay now. Like, I know it's going to be okay. We have enough food in the cupboards now for three months. We're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is helping. It is. It really is. And, and those are the little things that we can do to maintain our equilibrium, right? Mm-hmm. Our emotional wellness and as yeah. well as our financial wellness, because you are right. We are saving that, you know, spur of the moment. Oh, why, why don't I, you know, stop here for, oh, why don't we go out for dinner? Or why don't we, that is money. And some people don't even think about how much you, you know, you go for dinner as a couple and that's 57, between 50 and $75, depending right. on where you yeah. go. If you get a bottle of wine, right. it's a hundred dollars right. plus. Right. And so you don't realize how, how much that was part of our nature to just do that. And no, you're saving that. Yeah. And the other piece too is, is with um, people's debt loads. Um, Mm. You know, a lot of people that have been talking to me in regards to their credit card debt, they were normally making the minimum payments. And, you know, when the interest rate had gone up there back a few months ago and they saw the change as far as what the minimum payment was, they were getting scared then. The bank kind of dropped it again now. So it's a low again, but, credit card payments, mortgage payments, line of credit payments. This is an opportunity for people to reach out to their financial institution, to talk to them about what can they do, you know, because uh, if they have no cash coming in, they don't want to miss a payment because that affects their credit rating. So mm-hmm. what can they do to help them in this time of need? And putting together the budget and cash flow is going to help them look at too, going forward, how do we get this paid off? Because that if once they have a plan in place, to help them know how we're going to pay this off, they're going to feel a lot less anxiety too. Mm-hmm. So true. Absolutely. That that really does uh, reduce the, the financial anxiety, having that plan and you know you're doing, because anxiety comes from when you have that fear of some of something bad happening and you don't have action to take. When you have a con- you know, considered and you have decided actions that you're taking, it reduces the level of anxiety. So that's so, so, so beneficial to all of us. What I've been encouraging people to do is prepare for the worst. So when you're going through your cupboards and you're going through your freezer, um, think about this, that this could go till Christmas. So based mm-hmm. on everything that you have right now, plan out your meals accordingly. Like I've even noticed the kids at home now, you know, a son came up the other day and he was going to have some raspberries and some of them were starting to turn bad. And so he said, you know, do you want me to put these in because we compost stuff? He said, do you want me to put these in the composter or do we want to freeze them because so, we have shakes in the morning? And I said, no, throw them in the freezer because they're not bad, bad, but they're starting to go bad. They're too soft to eat as, you know, something to chew on. So, you know, we're now looking at all of aspects. My wife is saving 
all of the vegetable cuttings that we're making our own vegetable broth mm -hmm. for soups, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, we've taken a second look now and become more efficient with every piece and every item. You know, cats end. We have six cats at home. We're using all the spare bags from our fruits and vegetables for cat sand. Mm -hmm. Normally we would just throw them away and I use the typical cat sand bag. Well, now I'm not doing that anymore. This has forced me to think outside of the box and now look at how can we do things better. So prepare for the worst, hope for the best, mm -hmm. right? That if, if this does stop and, and we can get control of it and we can come out of this, you know, economically, I see things are gonna rebound significantly quickly because people have been locked up so long, they're gonna to wanna to get out. They're gonna to wanna to go for dinner. They're gonna to wanna to go to a movie. They're gonna to wanna to buy stuff. So the economy's gonna come back, but uh, you know, still today we gotta live and we don't want people creating further financial problems for themselves because they weren't preparing and planning. So we have, we have a number of different situations right now. So we have a group of people who are Thinking logically, they're saying, okay, what can I do? What can I have control over financially? And then there are those who are saying, you know what? I need to get over the stress. Let me just go online and shop. I, I, you know, this, so there's a lot more online shopping happening. People are still buying yeah. stuff. They can't physically go to the store. And uh, what would you say to my listeners who may be tempted to buy stuff? Because everything looks like a really good deal now. Right? I don't know if everything is a good deal, but everything is a good deal because, I mean, even for us, one of the things that we've done, and uh, and I've been speaking to some of my, my prospective students today, our training, we run an internationally certification program that's approved by the International Coach Federation. We're the only school in Manitoba, and our program is usually $6,500. Well, we've cut the program to $3,500 because this is a great time for people who are looking to get into this industry to their home, they have the time, they can go through this right away and get their, their certification done. So there are those deals out there, but if you're going to make those yeah. kinds of investment, what should you be thinking about? Yeah. Again, I go back to the, is it a need or a want? You know, in your situation that you just shared with a significant discount for you, um, that's a big picture plan. And so that's an investment. I don't see that as a spend. That's an investment in their opportunity for the future. So that one, I can see that makes sense. But for people who are doing online shopping, I call it the 24-hour rule. Anything that you want, fill the shopping cart. Go click, 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 shop everything, put it in the cart. But you don't close out that cart today. You're going to go back to that cart tomorrow, sleep on it, right? Go back to the cart tomorrow and say, is it a want? Is it a need? Do we really need it? And then does it fit into our cash flow and budget at this time? Because if you're looking at the numbers and you're running the projection forward, looking, saying, here's my income coming in over the next three months. Here's what our expenses are to pay all the bills, to buy food, to do everything, make all the payments we got to make, right? Internet. What is the one thing that people can't live without today? Internet. Well, if you can't afford to make the internet payment, what's going to happen? Your internet's going to get shut off, right? So people, they, they got to prioritize and so from an online shopping perspective, they got to decide how important is that item to their current standard of living and what they're doing in, in big picture going forward. Mm. So this is, this is a really good teaching. And, I, I, and that's one of the reasons why I really liked 
uh, I like what you do because it's that teaching aspect of financial wisdom and well-being that's that's going to sustain our society and help us to rebound. I like the piece that, you know, you can fill the shopping cart. You still get the high from filling up your shopping cart with yep. all these yep. things you're buying. Because yep. if you're doing it just for emotional gratification, you can do all of that. Yep. And then you have a nice sleep. Like, oh, wow, imagine all these things are coming. And then get up tomorrow morning and ask yourself, okay, has it been 24 hours? Do I really need that? Was it just a nice to have? So yes, I have it now. How does it change my life? And how does it impact me for the future? And I like the differences between an investment and a gratification because are we just buying something that's a spend or are we investing? And you're correct. There are investments that we need to make because we need to start thinking about our future. Where is the business going to be? Where's the market? Where are the needs going to be moving? As we look long-term, how can I, especially those of us who are entrepreneurs, how can I position myself so that I am ready to meet that need uh, big picture? So a lot of people I've been talking about are looking at um, doing different things, taking, you know, retraining or refocusing or making those big picture plans. And the finance piece has to come into that. Investment is so critical. And I really love that element that you shared. One of the things I'm encouraging people to do at this time as well is making to-do lists. Um, so again, I'll go back to my construction days. One of, one of the beautiful things about working construction was I could see what I did at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. However, when I came over to the financial services industry, very difficult to see what I did at the end of the day. Talked to a lot of people, did a lot of things, but I couldn't really see, you know, I put another level of, work, of a floor on, on this job site. So what I have loved about my industry now is, is creating to-do lists. And so I'll make a list of everything I want to do today. I'll prioritize them as far as what order I want to do them in. And then as I do them, I check them off. That gives me a feeling of accomplishment. So I'm tracking that result as far as what I did today. Whatever I didn't complete today, if time ran out, I use an arrow and move it now forward to the next day for next day's to-do list. I have the same thing at home. My wife actually bought uh, um, notepad it's called the honey do list <laughs> and on it is action items for the honey do list there's items to purchase so things that we need for the household whether it be groceries or items you know for in the garage whatever it may be uh and then miscellaneous stuff at the bottom so it's uh yeah it's wonderful for me i i i need that to help me know i achieve something throughout the day so you know, I, I like that you talk about time because one of the things that I teach um, in when we do that financial wellness dimension is talk about time. Time is money. And it's so important for us to use our time wisely. And so often we don't. We just think t- time is nothing and we don't quantify our time or, or put quality into how we're spending our time. And I think that is so significant to our life and our well-being and what are we spending our time on because those time can be creative time it can be innovative time we can we can spend time to develop things that can be you know i i I know for myself when i I spend time creating a course i can sell that course a hundred times millions of times so time is so important and and we do need to think about time management and that whole critical aspect of analyzing our time 
in 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 the whole concept of financial well-being. So I really like that. I'm all about living a balanced lifestyle. I actually wrote a book um, called Life Balance. Mm-hmm. There's seven chapters in the book. There's you know financial obviously, but there's family issues, uh, education, health, fitness, relationship, and spirituality. The glue that keeps everything together. Mm-hmm. But from a um, health and wellness perspective. Uh, time management wise, I'm a morning guy. And so I get up every morning and do my workout before I start my day. I used to work out at lunch, but I found I was missing too many workouts because of lunch meetings and appointments. So I moved it to the mornings because that was something I could control. Uh, I would get up and do my workout so that I could be at the office. And I just find it reinvigorates me for the day. And it helps me manage stress as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I would encourage listeners to uh, capitalize on this time and now develop exercise um, into their daily routine and picking a time that works best for them, whether it's morning, whether it's afternoon, whatever. But think about it logically that once this pandemic is over, that they're going to be able to continue to do it. Because you have lots of times you said, you're right. People can blow a ton of time sitting on a computer or watching TV you know, watching a ton of the episodes on Netflix. They got this is, should be all about them. Invest in themselves and take this opportunity to look at it. Absolutely. And and there is so much. There's the temptation, you know. I think I was looking, um, I try to to get at least one episode of news. I I I'm not a TV watcher and I've never been a big news uh, follower, but my son made a comment. He's like, "Mom, I've never seen you watch the news more diligently." <laughs> like, we do every I'm day like, as well. Doing well. <laughs> updates. Yep, I get you. Yep. yep. And I said, you know, there are times where we need to watch the news. Although I can find all of those things on the internet and mm-hmm. and do. But I said, you know, it's nice to kind of just look at because they show different aspects in different parts of the world. So yes, I do. I do try to catch either a morning and evening, but uh, news. But yeah, one of the things that I do, like I'm a morning person too, and I I. I feel cheated when I don't have my morning routines. Uh, you know, I get up. I used to be a I used to be a four a.m. riser, and and the last few years I moved that back to five a.m. But I have my you have your ritual, right? You, right. you yep. want to you you want to do your meditation, your workout, your writing, my journaling. Like there's just so much I try to pack into that two hours. So um, anything that gets me out of my home by like I I am I find it hard to sacrifice those pieces because they're such an elemental part of my my well-being and uh, and it's so important for us to have structure in our day and in our lives because that will that that in also affects us financially it affects everything we do It, it it rolls into like all of those dimensions of life are built upon you know they impact each other if you're not doing well in one area it will impact how you're executing in the other areas so it's definitely something that we have to pay attention to Mm -hmm. all right so as as you see is down the road and one of the things that you said um you know for clients uh, as they look at you're helping them to look at this see the big picture and move away from the fear to what they can control and you've made you know some comments that this may go on longer than we know how to and if someone is thinking financially, there's one thing they can do right now to get uh, to feel that they're doing something to improve their financial well-being. What are some key little things that you think they could do or you've seen other people do right now that just helps them to feel or get on the right track? 
just take whether they use a credit card to buy stuff or they use their debit card, take and pull up last month's statement and categorize what did they spend on food, what did they spend on personal items, what did they spend on fuel, what did they spend on going out for dinner, what did they spend on casual stuff, you know, coffee with friends or whatever, you know, break it down into sections so that they can see where is their current money going. And once they look at that, it's going to make them realize, oh, I could be doing things differently. Mm -hmm. And that is going to give them a sense of control. And, you, you know, you and I both know we, we can't fix anybody's problems. We can give them the tools mm -hmm. to fix the problem, but they got to do the work. And so, so it's, you know, it's the old horse adage, right? I can take the horse to the water, but I can't make him drink. So, Absolutely. you know, our, we're here to help. And if they need help, tell, they can reach out to us. That's why we're here. But at the end of the day, um, it's up to them, you know? It, it is. It and is. everybody can do it. They just got to, it's funny how, um, especially at this time too, people are saying, oh, I don't know how I did this before. Well, you know what? It's because it's a priority now that you're doing it. Mm -hmm. So it, it's amazing. A lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs are learning as well the intricacies of their business and how the efficiencies can be improved upon mm -hmm. because people don't have to be at the office to do things now. Mm -hmm. so, it's true. It's true yeah. because you could make yourself look busy or feel busy and not really be doing anything of <laughs> consequence, right? Yep, and I, I, you're right. I, I mean, I've been in business for 24 years and I've always been a legacy builder. I always look at what can I do to build legacy and, and the work that I do. And, and I've done a lot of pieces that I can continue to um, use in the future. And so we need to be wise about how we build our businesses, because if you're if if. I was just depending on one source of income or people come in, I, it would have been a challenging situation right now. And having that diversification or just being looking down the road and looking at how you build those building blocks of your business is essential. So I think every entrepreneur right now should be thinking about how I run my business. What is, what can I do to bring more financial security and looking down the road? How do I get, how, what, what am I going to do post COVID-19? to create more financial well-being. So I really enjoyed this conversation with you um, and financially and, and the, the, the whole budgeting piece, which, you know, making that list and categorizing is also on the budgeting, budgeting time, budgeting uh, emotions, budgeting, you know, money. Everything we do now, Joyce, has to have a plan. Like, okay. so for me as a planner, I love it sort of because to go to the grocery store, you have to plan it out because you said earlier, right? People are standing in line for two hours. Okay, well, mm -hmm. am I going to have the stuff with me to be dressed if it's minus four outside, mm -hmm. right? Like I got to have mitts and gloves and, you know, like or a toque. And so mm -hmm. people are having to plan everything they do. So take this opportunity to plan all the other stuff in your life that's going on. Mm -hmm. And you will feel so much control and so much better about your life going forward. So 100% agreed. Thank you. Absolutely. Control is an illusion. It's really, it's, it's a state of mind. Yeah. And if you, if you give yourself all the information and tools, absolutely, you will definitely feel in control. Wow, Doug, this was a very good conversation. I really enjoyed, I think I have learned and I think my, my 
audience will learn a lot and tips that they can use right now as they see where they are and as they move into COVID-19. So thank you so much for being on the show today and uh, we'll continue learning from you. And uh, thank you so much, Doug. Any last thoughts? Uh, my pleasure. No, people just take the time, capitalize on this time to put plans in place that are important to you. Everybody has priorities. Figure out what yours are. I actually have a, a priorities worksheet on my website. So if people want to go to my website, yourstylefinancial.ca, they can see my priorities worksheet. They can check off the items that are of priority to them at this stage of their life and now put plans in place to help them achieve that. So thank you. I appreciate being here. Excellent, Doug. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. You've been listening to What's Happening at Work. This is Joyce Edison, your host, and I want to thank you for being with us. Thank our guests and our sponsors, Interpersonal Wellness Services, Inc., the Global Workplace Wellness Summit, and of course, the Wellness Competency Mindset Movement. And if you want to hear from us, learn more or get more episodes, join us at interpersonalwellness.com, where we help you to work, live, and play well. Bye now, and we'll see you for another episode.